Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. I want to remind you at Church Boom that we coach pastors and rescue churches. And if you need some help in that, in any way, we're here to help, churchboom.org. Today we are talking to my good friend, Pastor Vlad, um, and he is up in the Sacramento area leading a Slavic church. And uh, he uh, it was a great conversation. First of all, we talked about how to assimilate uh, new people into the life of the church and, and how do you kind of move them from becoming attenders to people that belong and they own. Uh, so it's a great conversation about that. But also we're talking about uh, their ministry to the situations in Ukraine. They're actually taking some pastors there. Uh, you'll learn about that during this podcast, but they've got an incredible ministry that it's happening in their Slavic church in Sacramento, California, but how they're ministering to people in Ukraine and all over. It's an incredible conversation. Let's jump into it. And this is my buddy Vlad, uh, and uh, so good to have you on here up in Sacramento. And uh, tell tell the listeners real quick because it's kind of unique. You're a, a Slavic church. Just give us a little ninety second rundown on that. Uh, so we're a eighteen year old church. Uh, I'm here from day day first as an usher. <laughs> Uh, long story short, our founding pastor is a Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. We have four services. Half of them are in Russian language, but 70% of our population in church is uh, Ukrainian. But two services are in English. So right. we are third generation, second generation, becoming a community church. <clears throat> wow. Very challenges, but exciting. That is unique, and I get to speak there in a couple months. So, yeah. uh, oh man, that's awesome! I, I, I'm assuming who who does the interpreting when I'm there. Uh, you actually will be speaking our English services. So, oh okay, oh okay. Yeah. Well, we need an interpretation. Oh man, that's good. Well, I was practicing on my Russian, so I wasn't sure. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I've got like three words down, so I don't know how long the message will last. <laughs> yeah. I think one unique moment uh, since the whole war thing. 2014 started Ukraine and Russia. With God's grace, we were able to navigate and have unity between the Russian people and Ukrainian people in our church. And so right great. now, we have so many refugees running from Ukraine and Russia. Mm. And our church is a place that we are accepting. At this point, uh, it's in hundreds that we're accepting from both countries. Wow. And a lot of them are have never been to a Protestant church. Wow. They most come from Orthodox background. So and it's good. amazing to see how God's using these dark moments uh, for his glory. Wow. Dude, that is such a great story. Yeah, you and I talked about that the other time when we were together and just watching these two different countries that are in, in, at, at war. Uh, but yet, on the other hand, you guys are creating a place that, hey, our common unity is Christ and giving them a chance to be a part of a Christian church in this fashion. I, I think it's awesome. I have had the opportunity to be at your church, spoke there for a leadership conference. you got an amazing building, and, uh, man, God's just, yeah, God's doing awesome things with you, bro. He's got you in the right place at the right time. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, man, dude, let's jump into it, man. How can I serve you today, Vlad? What's on, what's on your mind? Uh, so we have a retreat that's coming up uh, mm-hmm. with God's grace. Um, Obviously, everybody's tired right now talking about Ukraine and all this. So this is not a pitch. Anybody who's listening to us, this is not, <laughs> not, not an opportunity to to get the word out. This is an actual challenge that uh, we're facing. Yep. Uh, so 
with God's grace, in the last year in October, we were able to bring together from different denominations uh, over 100 pastors with their wives and just give them rest of the eastern part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And what's really happening on that eastern part is some churches are they're just exponentially grown. One pastor planted 13 churches during the time since the war started. Uh, one grew from 100 uh, people to 1,000. So can you imagine a pastor, like all the pastors that are listening to us right now, we're all be listening. Everybody wants growth. Everyone's something like unique. And all these pastors, yeah. in one moment, they lose their families. Their wives have to move out. Mm-hmm. Their kids move out. Their teams, average 70% of teams just left. Mm. And they're finally, some of them experiencing growth in ministry that they never experienced in their life. So right. there's a lot excitement there's a lot of trauma that's happening at the same time they're barely any of them are getting their sleep the whole world is calling them money are being poured in and it's just a huge roller coaster for them Mm -hmm. so we were able to create to bring them together give them some rest for a week it was amazing and uh, we surveyed these pastors we're like so what are the main needs so the main needs are one most of them lost their teams due to war. So their teams left or they were drafted to go to war or whatever, right. whatever. Exponential growth. So that means they don't have people. They don't have worshipers. They don't have deacons, pastors, name mm. it. Ministers mm. are not there. A lot of unbelievers that just fresh to Christianity. They're not there for humanitarian aid. They're actually there for soul care and they're desperate to know God. So right now we're doing a second retreat. Most likely it's going to be in May and June. We're gathering main teams with key pastors around three to 400 leaders. We're going to have five days with them. Mm. Here's the challenge. What is the wisest way to use this five days? Not to overload it and what to focus on to truly give them based on our survey that we have. Because as pastors, we have tons of stuff that we can teach. We could teach Mm. them for months and years if we wanted But right now, the main question is like, okay, they're in a time of war. They're living in the real trauma. A lot of them don't even see how traumatized they are. Mm. If they see they can't deal with it, a lot of them on the brink of burnout. Like literally, you can tell like some of them will burn out really soon. So there's Mm. a lot of personal and there's a demand of ministry. Mm. Uh, So it's a very complex situation. But like, how do we use a resource that one week we'll have with this pastors and leaders? and uh, use it the best way that it will produce lasting food because it's a big investment. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Where, where is this? Where is it held, the event? It's going to be in Ukraine. We actually fly Ukraine. into Ukraine and we do it on the eastern part of Ukraine because most of them can't afford to right. travel. Right, right. Wow. Uh, man, it would seem to me, I mean, I think you know that culture, obviously, you know, the culture, <laughs> I, I don't know the culture at all. Um, but I think people are people. And oh, yeah. when they've, when they've been abused, traumatized, uh, abandoned, rejected, or whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the word is, man, if it was me, man, the number one thing I think I would focus on is their own soul and their own soul care. Uh, similar to what we do when we rescue churches that feel like they're failing, they're not in the same situation, but we give them a soul care retreat 
and we try to minister to them and we try to encourage them and we try to allow their own heart and soul to be restored. I think that to me, that's uh, uh, that's an obvious one, I think is really, really important to make sure that they're getting taken care of. Um, if there's a way, uh, I think you when you bring a hundred pastors together, you've probably got a hundred different needs. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I don't know if there is a way, uh, but I, I, if it was me, I would try to figure out, okay, what are the top three or four or five things that they're probably dealing with? Um, I don't think you can, da- you can't download too much because otherwise they, because you're, you're, you're a great leader. You got great teams and you could download for weeks, a bunch of information and, Nothing's going to matter. But what is the one or two things they need to walk away with besides their own soul care? What's the one or two things like, do this. Can you at least do this? How about, could you try this one thing? I, I remember I was doing a, an event in Pennsylvania, and they brought all these pastors together from all sorts of different uh, um uh, different denominations and they had big churches there, small churches there, whatever. I thought it was amazing that they took their top 10, 12 leaders and they put them in separate rooms and, and people in groups of 10 got to spend 45 minutes with just that pastor asking them whatever they wanted to ask them. It was personal. It was like this round robin thing. So I'm the pastor there or I'm one of the pastors and I get to go spend time with Vlad, and I get to sit and just ask him whatever I want for an hour uh, with 10 other guys. Whatever's on our mind, whatever, whatever we're dealing with. Because often I think we go to retreats and we say, here's all our stuff. And the person on the other side is going, that's really great information, not at all what I need. Uh, but I saw this, I, it was very unique in Pennsylvania. I saw them do groups of 10 with a pastor and they did that like on two separate days. So you could go meet with that pastor for an hour, meet with that pastor for an hour, meet with that pastor for an hour, and then the next day do it again. And I sat there and I thought, man, these guys are getting their questions truly answered. So the main sessions were more about soul care, and the smaller sessions were more about practicum ideas when it comes to ministry and what's next and how to navigate whatever whatever they're facing. I love that they I, 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 that's the way they did it in Pennsylvania and there was a lot going on and they brought in some different ethnicities and I just thought, man, this is great. Big meeting was soul care, minister to them. Smaller meetings were about, man, what's really happening and how can we help? And so it was more coaching. It was more coaching than speaking in the small yeah, settings. What I'm really hearing from you and I think I'm liking this. For me, like one thing you asked, uh, that was your question. Like, one, What would they take home? Like, what is the thing that they're going away with? Yeah. It's not about downloading information into them. And I 100% agree. And, and here, that's why I'm here right now. So we can figure out, like, what are the yeah. main things? And uh, first thing I'm hearing, hey, for me, I would be really, really happy if they went home with some kind of practical tools where they can measure their spiritual relationship, their emotional health, their yep. physical health, where they're taking... I mean, the problem is pastors don't do this in the normal day life. Yep. <laughs> can you imagine them really under the pressure? But if I can give them some tools, like, hey, here's red flags that you can kind of watch for, and then here's something that you can actually do. Give them an outlet. Create yep. those steps for their soul. Yes. And, and uh, what I'm hearing about ministry, and I really like that approach, and... Uh, I'm actually finishing my uh, coaching uh, with Jessup. And oh, that's really, awesome. What I really like about that approach is I, I personally been coached 
yep. and changed my life fully. Yep. But the whole idea is to create that atmosphere where they get to discuss, they get to work, yes. they get to process. And that would be the question, like what? Because so, this is, it seems a lot, five days, but it's really not. Right. Uh, one would be soul care. What would be the other areas, considering <laughs> what I've shared, you feel like would be amazing to focus on to help him practically process into in a coaching style? It, it, you're talking about more on the coaching or more about the bigger bigger settings? So both, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about more uh, topics to tackle. So one, we identify personal soul care. Yep. Other ones that looks like that they're dealing with is their teams. Yep. And dealing with uh, developing ways to work with unbelievers while yep. they have no teams. Right. That's, that's the real challenges. But right. could it be the real challenges for them? That's a good question. Yeah. I, I, well, and that's why I like the – personally, that's why I love the small, intimate group of 10 setting for an hour. Because if I'm sitting with Vlad and I'm one of these pastors, um, man, what you're saying on stage may or may not be good for me. But – Vlad, here's my problem. Here's my issue. Help me with my issue. Uh, and now all of a sudden, everybody feels like they got to get coached during those two or three days of going into these really small, small groups. That's why I think it's a powerful approach because they get to ask whatever they want. Okay, and I, let me ask you this question. Tell me who would you put uh, at – so this is pastors with their teams. Yep, yep. Their who would you put at the head of the tables, the small tables – that, that you would be like, okay, this is the scenario. I, I hear what's going on there. What would be the people that you feel like are qualified to speak into the lives of this pastor? Well, uh, I, one, I, I do think, uh, I don't know everybody there, but I've got to look at someone that I feel um, has a level of success. Um, I think that can communicate clarity on processes, systems, and strategies and structure. I got to have someone that thinks that way and, and can and, and kind of talk that way and speak that way. Um, I can't just, hey, he's a good guy and put the guy in there or he's even, even he's got a decent church. It would be more of, has this guy ever helped other pastors? Has this guy ever, maybe he's not a professional coach. Maybe he's not, doesn't have a degree. Maybe he's not even a lead pastor. And I don't think that would matter. Like, Eddie's not a lead pastor. You're the lead pastor. Uh, but yet on the other hand, he probably knows a lot about systems, processes, and strategy. So are there other guys that operate in that systems, processes, and strategies that would be able to answer those kind of questions? Because I think you got to get really, I think you got to get really practical with them. Like, okay, but how do I do this with my team? Okay, here's three things you got to do. Like, we prayed with you last night. We spent time on soul care. We all, you know, hugged each other and all that. But let me tell you things you need to start implementing that'll help you get back on track. You need people that are able to do that. Um, to me, that's the profile I'm looking for. It's funny we're talking about this because earlier today I had a conference call with someone working on somewhat of the same thing where he's like, okay, I'm going to bring all these guys in. And I'm like, I don't know if these guys have ever done that. I know that guy and that guy has, and that guy's got a big church, but he doesn't, he's got such a big church. He doesn't know how to relate to this guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's another big issue. It's like, you know, yeah. you get a guy that's got a church of X and he's over here talking to this guy that's got 30 people in his church. And he's like, yeah, just have your staff handle that. And this guy over 30 people going, I don't have a staff, you know? So it's, it's the ability to share about processes, system programs and strategy and structure, but also the person that can bring it down to that level. I don't know who that would be. I don't know these people, but that, 
That's what I'm looking for. Who can bring it down to that level, to the guy that's got 40 people in his church or 30? I I agree with you. I really love what you're saying is identifying those qualified people. So if I say we're going to we're expecting with the teams anywhere from 300 to 400 leaders. So that means I need a good team of 15 to 20 qualified pastors that have great processes that understand how to speak into pastors' lives and have a good testimony of like, hey, I helped at least this this many pastors. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Correct. Yes. 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 Yeah, I I agree with you because. I mean, we've been to so many conferences. Many times you just go to the conference and you're just coming back with just like one thing or like, okay, this is yeah. the point I like. Yeah. And then I've been to personal coaching sessions where I spend two days with a group of 15 pastors where yeah. I get questions. I come back home and I'm like, whoa, this is so much clearer. This yep. is so, and I get to build a personal relationship with that pastor, exchanging email or phone and reach yep. out when my systems I start implementing and they're not working. I'm yeah, like, hey, absolutely. You said this, help me out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, it, really, you're bringing the both worlds together. I think yeah. you need those big ministry moments during those yeah, five yeah. days. But man, for a guy to be able to ask questions and get his yeah. questions answered, okay? You, 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 and what I've noticed sometimes when I go to conferences or even I do this, I think I know what they're struggling with. Then I get them in a room and I'm like, that's not at all what they're struggling with. This is what they're struggling with. Because clearly, I'm, when I open it up for questions, they're not asking questions about what I thought they're struggling with. They're asking questions I wasn't even thinking about. And I'm like, oh, this is what they're struggling with. Okay. I think they'll walk away going, man, I got some questions answered and I've got some direction. It's really good. Do we have more, more time for a couple more questions? Yeah, we do. But I want to stop right there. Um, and you did not ask for this. But where, where can people that are listening to this help support that? Because this will come out in a couple of weeks, which is in plenty of time. I know you didn't ask for this, and, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm asking for it anyway. When, when is the event? Yeah, on the purpose, I didn't want to ask You this. didn't ask that, and we did not talk about it. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I don't care. You have an amazing opportunity over there, and we need to make sure people can support. It's in, when is the event? Uh, so we are actually flying down there in, uh, in March to build okay. Throughout the dates, but most likely it's happening end of uh, May or end beginning. End of May. Okay, yeah. so where do people go? Give me a website. How can people give to this thing to help you? Go to hofb.church, hofb.church, uh-huh. uh, or simply call our office. Uh, phone number is 916-344-9378 and say, hey, I want to talk to Pastor Vlad about Ukraine project, but my real need uh, is okay. You want to support? We'll be happy. We'll take the support. But my real need: if you're a pastor that is successful and not afraid to go to Ukraine, and you want to be part of the coaching processes where you can just sit down with leaders and invest into them, we'll find translators for you. And uh, I actually had people come from Chris Hodges's church to oh, Eastern wow. Ukraine. So I, I had um, I had uh, pastors and leaders coming from other churches from our nation. So if you need references, what we do and who we are, <laughs> we can do that. But if you're not afraid and you have the time and the heart for this, we would love for you to become part of this project. Oh, and that's awesome! Opportunity. I'm just you yep. made. It I love it. All right. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to go to your next question. But you listen to this podcast. Two things. One, uh, support it. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, $1,000, 5000 send some money. 
That's awesome. Second thing is, man, if you're interested, I can tell you, I know Pastor Vlad, and you're thinking, man, I'm going to travel over to Ukraine with someone I've never met. I'm telling you, I know this ministry. I know these people, and I'm telling you, if, reach out to him, and if you're interested in going and helping to do some of these coachings, maybe some of these little coaching sessions in those small groups over a couple days, uh, man, they could use the help because the more quality we have over there, the more we can help the people. So that's awesome, brother. I love it. All right, let's jump to the next question. All right. Uh, so the next question is, uh, it's in the same category, but working with pastors that are burning out uh, and people who are hitting a wall um, in, in their life and walking them through it to get even a pastor to admit has an issue. It's already a miracle. In itself. Sure. Yeah. I have a number of pastors that are admit, admitting. And sometimes I find myself, I don't have either the time to babysit them and work with them. What, yeah. what what's out there? Like, so once the pastor is finally there, he's like, "Hey, I don't find joy anymore uh, in ministry. I yeah. get behind the wheel of a car and I enjoy myself just being away from ministry. Yeah. And I still do. I still preach. I st- church is growing. Nobody knows what's really happening. There's no more joy. There's no personal relationship with Christ as it was. Like, what 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 would be the suggestion? Like, I'm busy. I can't. I can help maybe one, two pastors." Yeah. Where do I send them? Who do I talk to? What resources do I throw at them? Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, one, love your heart for it. I think that's great. Uh, I think you're 100% correct. Glad you can. You, you, here's the one thing I know for sure. You can't work with those that need it. You only can work with those that want it. Yep. Uh, and you can't work with those that need it. Everybody needs help. We all need help. But not everybody wants it. Not everybody's willing to do what it would take. That's one thing. Secondly is... I, you know, you've probably heard this before, but do for one that that you wish you could do for a thousand, but do for the one. And I think that's awesome that you want to help a few people. Um, It depends what they're going through, but I can tell you this in our church boom world, if they go to churchboom.org, not only do we have coaching and all that, we actually have, um, man, we actually have counselors that are, that, that are ministry minded, that are able to walk people through burnout, walk people through depression, walk people through trauma. We don't charge anything. They, they, they just come and they're able to get the help and the support that they need. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we have that available. And, uh, man, uh, you, if you ever know guys that are just like, man, they're struggling. It's not with ministry. They're just struggling. Uh, dude, we've got a group of pastors and professional licensed doctors that can help them as well. If, it, if, if it's a deeper issue. One of the barriers that I feel with this guys, once they open up to me, I feel like they're afraid that this is be- will become public, yeah. uh, that somebody else will get inf- access to their name or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, what do you guys do on that area so I can assure them, like, hey, if you yeah. go here, this is what's going to happen, and I can this and this I can guarantee. If they share their situation, because I've done it before several times, if they can share their situation on a shallow level, once they move over to a more professional level, um, you know, the people that we have are licensed. If they share anything, they're done. They lose their license. They're, they're, you can't talk. I mean, I could, I guess, legally, because uh, I'm not a licensed person, but we have licensed people that are professionals in this area of just dealing with deeper issues. And because they're licensed through the state, they're not allowed to talk to anybody about anything ever. And if they do, they're done. Uh, and so there's more than just the pastor's story on the line. There's this person's entire career is on the line. They got a lot to lose. Love it. Uh, that gives me a clear path forward. And yeah. um, 
already have a couple pastors that will be sending your way. Yeah, bring them on. Yeah, tell them to hit us up. Absolutely, absolutely. I have to say, the, after getting to know your heart for the uh, ministry that you're doing for the churches under 100, I just fell in love because it's always this weird trajectory of us growing as pastors and always like bigger stage, bigger yep. thing, bigger that, and more access. And the reality is, the more you go into the presence of God, the more God leads you to this smaller person. Yeah, and I really love that about you. Uh, I appreciate that. Attracted me to your heart, so thank you I for appreciate that. It. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank Can you. We for have one that. more question. Absolutely, let's fire away. One more. Okay, one more. Uh, so here's a challenge that I constantly deal with personally, and I observe. I don't have a solution for it. This is a, a question that, like I'm literally dealing with. Uh, so you have all these baby Christians that are coming into the church. You yep. have people that are looking for a family. And usually those who are the weakest or the youngest in Christ, they need the best support and help. Yep. And people who could minister to them are usually recognized quickly in the church and pulled to the top and given more and bigger responsibilities. Yep. And the people who get served and who need to be served the most, they serve the, with, to be honest, the most un underqualified people or mm -hmm. kind of like, hey, this is who's available. <clears throat> They yep. should be taking care of them. How did you restructure that in your ministry, in your approach to make sure like, hey, these people get the best they should be getting? Mm. Uh, mm. While at the same time, we as leaders, we can't afford to do pastoral care or to do those one-on-ones only here and there. Like, How did you personally build that structure of knowing like, hey, my people that are accepting Christ, they're coming in into the body, they're getting the best. Yeah. And are you talking about, like you, you were saying just a minute ago, Vlad, you were saying you, you find those people and you kind of pull them up to leadership. So is this more like, hey, I'm new in Christ and I need to kind of new in Christ, but I don't have a lot of natural leadership skills. So I'm kind of lost down into these kind of smaller areas. Is that kind of what you're saying? Or is it just purely about they're new in Christ? Even they're new in Christ and they're, they just need to be cared for. And usually those type of people, they, they, they need best resources around them. Yep. for them to actually thrive and grow. But as a matter of fact, the best resources, we usually pull them in and we we take advantage of them and we use them at a higher level as much as we can. Sure, sure. Okay, so a couple thoughts that I, that I have seen work and I've worked with a lot of extremely large churches that have also helped them work as well. One is um, one of the dynamics, although it seems small, but think of the power of it. In most situations, You've got churches where it's like, here's the staff, you know, and then you got key leaders, and then you got the head of the usher group and the head of the greeting group and the head of the, you know, whatever. And they're not paid, you know, uh, but, you know, they're, they're on staff or they're, I'm sure they're, they're on the leadership team to some level. Here's typically where the problem is. We have a tendency of putting managers in leaders' positions. They're not leaders. They're really just managers. Okay, that's a problem. And so now I'm kind of the new to Christ. Maybe I'm not a high-level leader. You know, uh, I, I, I joined the greeter team. And the, and the level of care in that team that I get and the level of not only care but just value being added to my life is, is most likely in most churches it's probably going to be that I get a schedule once a month telling me when I need to, I'm going to be greeting. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? That's probably it. If you talk to your head greeter and ask yeah. him, what do you do? He's probably like, well, once a month I send out a schedule and Chris, he's going to serve this month on week one and week three. What if instead of that being the bar of leadership, I'm not talking about staff, I'm talking about like the head of the greeter, head of the hospitality, head of ushers, whatever. What if the bar was much higher? It's like, no, if you're going to be the head of greeting, here's what that means. Everybody on your team, new to Christ or whatever, Man, you're going to send monthly blogs to them. You're going to send monthly podcasts to them on how to grow in their faith, how to do this, how to do that. You're going to have quarterly barbecues with them. You're building a tribe. It is, it, you've, you've heard this before, but we're always the sum totals of the books we read and the people we associate with. To me, I think that discipleship and growth often happens in the DNA of, wh- of where they're connected. So in, again, now this person comes into the church, they're kind of new. You're definitely not going to pull them up in leadership. They're just not that person, but they can greet, they can be an usher, they can do whatever. But what if when they're joining that, which a lot of your people probably do, what if they weren't just joining a greeting team with a schedule that comes in once a month? What if they were joining a tribe? What if there was like, they were, they're joining a small group and they don't even realize it. To me, that's how it gets done. I, I was working with a church in the Midwest, probably runs a little over 10,000, and I was floored by some of the stuff that I saw, bro. It was incre- incredible. Like the head of the security, the guy's got a waiting list. The reason he has a waiting list to even be a security person there and it's maxed out, it's like crazy, is because he's got, he's got, they do quarterly events together monthly he sends little podcasts he'll send a little note from them he'll get something from the lead pastor encouraging them like he's maybe that's a strong word but he's pastoring that group and that's changed everything from manager to leader yeah so i feel like we're finally we're actually hiring a pastor which is gonna be a campus pastor and that's gonna be his job pastoring or all of our ministry teams so it feels like that feels like that could become that answer. Yeah. Because that's where we're at. We're at that point right now where it's like, hey, come greet, come minister, come do this. But we're not really pastoring them. And we're yeah. finally getting there. That's we're awesome. Really- well, oh, if you're hiring that guy, to when you lay out the profile for him of what success looks like and what the scoreboard looks like, the mm-hmm. scoreboard isn't just, my opinion is, Vlad, the scoreboard wouldn't be, whatever his name is, Jason. Hey, Jason, you're going to oversee these, you know, all these ministry leads. It's Jason, I need you to minister not to them, but through them. And so I need you to make sure that the usher team is developing a tribe. When you're part of the usher team and, and, and you just think you're going to be an usher the first and third Sunday of the month because that's the schedule, that's not it at all. Get him to develop these leaders that develop tribes. So now all of a sudden, that guy that's new to Christ, new to the church, doesn't really have a lot of leadership chops, he signs up to be an usher, and it's like, he's going to be around believers. He's going to be getting poured into. He's going to be having relationship. He's going to have connection. It's going to be his church inside of the church. Yeah, if That's what you want your this campus pastor guy to do, not just minister to these people. You want him to get these people to develop tribes. That will change everything. Yeah, so we're on the right track. Thank you. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. But we're getting we're getting there a little by uh, little. A little by little. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Well, yes. man, yeah. So I just scratched some stuff in this video. So I am, 
I am uh, actually uh, XP of the church. I am not the lead pastor. Oh, did I say that? You, I must have got you guys back. Okay. Yes, so I am totally fine. So just uh, okay. It or not, but uh, oh my gosh, how did I get that mixed up? So Ed's the lead pastor, right? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, you know I've met you guys a couple times, but I probably just. I don't know. Yeah. How, I ha, I you know what it is. I oh I know what the problem is. I have it in my phone. It says it says your name, and then I put in parentheses lead pastor. So in my yeah. head, it's always been you're the lead pastor. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. We, yeah. We, do a lot, we do a lot of stuff, and we do a lot of stuff outside of the church. Yeah. Disabilities, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Well, thanks for straightening that out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, man, it's always good to connect with you, brother. I sure do appreciate your heart. You have an amazing heart for ministry, and and you have a heart for uh, for the local church. And I think God has positioned you guys in an incredibly unique time in history yeah. to do what you guys are doing. Uh, by the way, since uh, I think we're done already, but if you want to get to know more about Ukrainian Project, and if you're not afraid, go to Ukraine. We yep. would love to have you on the team. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, let's connect on it after the podcast. We'll connect for sure. I'd love right. to see if it's possible, man. That'd be cool. But hey, dude, good connecting with you, man. Thanks for being on today. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.